Hello, welcome to another episode of Not Alone Today podcast. My name is Anu. And, and I am Joseph. Welcome. Today we have a question from TK. The question reads, what if you don't like the person God is showing to you presently, especially if you're a guy and you have a taste for a slim, slim lady and God is showing you someone that is chubby? Another part of the question says, what if uh, there's an age gap between the person God is showing you and and you're not too comfortable with that? So how do you go about that? So we'll take each question in turn. So the first one we'll deal with is, what if you don't like the person God is showing you? Mm. How do you get on with that? Do you want to start us off? Yeah. Um, okay. So, thank you. <laughs> the two questions, one way or the other, actually could overlap in the sense that the age could also be the, one of the reasons why you don't like oh, the see. person. So, um, I mean, specifically, TK has given an example of the possibility of you wanting a slim lady and now <laughs> God is showing you a chubby lady. Yeah. Are those even politically correct terminologies? I know there are some words you don't use to describe ladies. <laughs> no, a big lady. Is, Is that the, bad? I think that's even worse. <laughs> Sorry, I don't ladies. Know. <laughs> okay, anyways. Uh, but I, I know I've called a lady, I've referred to a lady as being chubby before, <laughs> and I had good intentions, and I was corrected that you never say that concerning a lady so uh, but yeah that's that's by the way yeah uh, if i could answer by by looking back um to my own context um, this will look different for for different people i also did not want no not don't let me you are here, so here so I, I, I have to choose my words carefully um but yes, initially when the whole idea of a Joseph Elias relationship was coming up, in all honesty, if I'm being sincere with myself, it wasn't the most desirable option for me. Um, and I would explain why. It's, it's part of the foolish lessons we <laughs> picked up growing up. Um, mm. We've been advised, like, I mean, like, I can remember listening to more than one message about this, that you should... Imagine the person you want to marry. <laughs> Write down all those qualities that you want to see in the person that you want to marry. And not just character qualities, physical qualities as well. I want that to be this. I want that to be that. And then write that down and declare and confess. And that would, yeah. So talking about that, I, there, there were some physical basically, features. Basically, yeah, that's the word. they wanted a curvy lady. That's yeah. that's that's mm, yes. That's one way to put it. <laughs> You're curvy, but yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So I wanted, I wanted, amongst other things, I wanted someone that can be that, that can speak so fluently that when you tick the box, um, oh. yeah, and many other things, many other <laughs> foolish things on my list. Of course, I didn't actually write down any list, but I had this in my mind. Oh, yes. Um, and the quote-unquote theological basis for that foolish conclusion and you would see why i'm saying it's foolish in, in just a bit is that i mean they go to quote verses like psalm 37 verse 4 um that says delight yourself in the lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart or he will give you the desires of your heart as though to say you can desire anything name it claim it it will be yours you want a busty coffee smart whatever slutty lady oh my gosh ah 
Okay. I'm not saying that's me. Now I'm speaking in general terms. <laughs> you 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 won't you'll be surprised if you see the the, the list some guys have. But oh yeah. Wow. Anyways. Um that almost yeah, I won't get into that stuff. <laughs> that, that's bringing some other memories. Okay. Um but yeah. So so um what was I saying? You see uh, you, you wanted you had this features you wanted okay so all of those all of those um features that if you desire it you can name it you can claim it and then when you see a lady that just appears out of the blues you run into her while you're on the queue in the banking hall or you are on your shopping and you just see that lady looking exactly like all of these things you've asked and then you hear her speak to the attendant and the voice even mesmerizes you the more oh my god that must be the one and then you put yourself on some hot chase i mean yeah when bible says delight yourself in the and that's the part we actually ignore mm. delight yourself in the lord and he would grant you the desires of your heart the real import of that statement is to say if you will if you will make god your utmost delight mm. if you would make god the one in whom you find the supreme joy mm you both will be in tandem and in fellowship to the point whereby whatever you desire will be what he has implanted into you. Mm, mm. He will give you what to desire. Not mm. that he would give you whatever random thing you are desiring. Yeah, random. <laughs> yeah. He will give you what to desire. And that's that's a point that we must actually strive to get to in a Christian work where you, you feel like if I desire something, it's not just me desiring it, it's God desiring it for me. Mm. Uh, but yeah, for you to have not reached that level and then you're just coming up with all these physical features and emotional mm. features and social features or whatever kind of features you're looking for in a person, I think you've, you've laid a wrong premise um, about that. I, I've not exactly spoken into the specific question she asked, but I just thought, let's lay that foundation. Premise, yeah. Let's lay that premise. But then going back to my case study of when that then happened that, okay, I'm beginning to to feel like or feel drawn and God is beginning to give me unsolicited confirmations about a particular lady being the one and that lady not looking like my mental image of the one. The, the, the thing I did was simple, to submit. Hmm. Until you submit to God's will, you cannot enjoy the bliss in God's will. Wow. Until you submit to God's will, you cannot enjoy the bliss in God's will. Sometimes we look at God's will as something so stringent, something mm-hmm. so difficult, something so um, like God is a burden giver, mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas he's a burden bearer. Mm-hmm. But because we are oftentimes so wrapped up in our head with all these things that we are desiring and wanting and whatever, mm-hmm. we don't get to see the wisdom in what God is choosing for us that is not looking like what we would have chosen for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so when I said, okay, hands up, have your will, God, take the will. If you mm-hmm. say, this is it, this is it. And all of a sudden, the same lady began to look like, can we get married tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's been an ever-increasing crescendo. So, Mm. yeah, that's that's like my own story in a nutshell. That's that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Um, I when I met when I met Kola and God was giving me this revelation that he's my husband to be. I I felt like are you sure like it's too brotherly in a sense like it's just too <laughs> it doesn't sag it's 
trousers is just God to forbid. his trousers <laughs> like so detest people that do that. <laughs> his, his trousers just like around his navel, and I'm thinking, who who does that uh, at this bad. age? <laughs> I can still picture it. Like that's how it was to me. You know those brothers that talk in their shirts, and I feel like what? <laughs> and I I grew up with boys like my brothers were like very boy boy. They are very guy guy. Yeah, ripped jeans, <laughs> ripped jeans, mustache and all those kind of boynesses. But my husband was just exactly the opposite of what I've known. He's just brotherly mm. and scripturally. Especially when we go to church and like when we go to our fellowship then when we're in um Gombe. When we're in Gombe and and it's saying all these Bible scriptures and I'm thinking, God, this guy is too serious for me. Are you sure? Are you really sure this is what you want? But I had I'd learned over time before this decision to say yes to Kola or going to Koshi with him, I learned over time to trust God's providence. Is mm. is mm. come through for me like so many times that I know that it is it. Mm. Despite the fact that I'm not seeing the it in what is given to me, mm-hmm. I knew it innately, like on subconsciously, that this is the best choice for me. I just have to start liking it. Start liking it and and that that is where this comes in god will say this is your man this is your woman Mm. but you have to start liking it like delight yourself in the lord delight yourself in his providence Mm. who is provided for you Mm. start liking the moment you start liking oh my gosh the the rush of emotions the the blissfulness the more you marvel at oh wow (laughs) So it can be this funny. Oh, it's so scary. <laughs> that, that's me. Then I started, to, I, started, I started to gush. Like the first few months of our courtship, yeah. I was observing in my thinking, ah, I don't enter more. I used to hear this God said, God said thing. You're like, I don't, I don't enter But after a few months, I began to long for his calls. Oh. And if, if I sent them, um, <laughs> if, if I send him like a WhatsApp message, I doesn't respond on time. Hey, my body, my body will start getting out there. He hasn't responded. He sent me a thumbs up. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I just wanted to, to see the progression. The risk is to start. Yeah, take a leap of faith. Mm. Then you suspend your hair, yourself in the hair by trust. You trust God. But before you see the realization of the trust you have, you start first. Mm. So start liking them despite um, whether they are slim or chubby or whether they are too old Mm. for you or you're older than them. Especially for us ladies, especially when you're older than the man God has shown you. Mm. There's there's also this fear like, oh, would I not, would it not feel like, um, what's that word? Insecure. Yes, we did not feel insecure because we, in our culture, we we know that the husband is supposed to be older than the than the woman. Mm-hmm. So we, when when it's the opposite, yeah, the relationship tends to be like walking on eggshell. Yeah. But the thing is, you're delighting yourself in God, you're delighting in Him, you're trusting in Him. Mm-hmm. So Him that has given you this older person would give you the wisdom to walk with them. What mm-hmm. do you think, Allah? Absolutely. Um, I mean. Having laid that overarching principle for for you submitting yourself to God's will and then getting to progressively enjoy the bliss therein, mm. it goes on then to say if God is choosing someone that there is an age gap, mm. 
is because he has seen how that is going to play out um, in a way that is going to be very beneficial to both of you. So yeah, on a practical level, I mean, I've heard people say things like, and to some extent, I think it's true that if you see it, a teenage guy and a teenage lady, just looking at them, if they are age mates, mm-hmm. there is every tendency that the lady will be quote unquote more mature than the guy yes um and that's due to very many things the whole idea of the puberty changes and all of those kind of things Mm. there are just some even biologically speaking a lady starts menstruating and things like that guys don't necessarily have we don't have a moment where you can say "Mm, now adulthood is setting in for a lady the very first time she menstruates she knows that something has changed i'm in a new level uh, and that naturally from you yeah, it's it, but it's it's real, isn't it? Are you experienced it before? I haven't, but <laughs> it makes sense. It's like all these um, rites of initiation that they do in some culture. Mm. As a Jewish young man, when you do your bar mitzvah, mm. you know that now responsibilities are knocking, mm. and so there is there is something that happens to your psyche that makes you know that you've crossed over into something else, and mm. then some demands are coming in. That's when your mom wants to let you know you need to be able to. To do this you need to be able to do that you need to start seeing yourself like this and things like that mm. for guys our, our own change is very gradual mm. and at different rates for different people and so because there is not that that moment where you just feel like oh my god something has changed mm. um in that in that sense it makes it possible for us to just coast through our teenage years mm. in a way that we don't necessarily begin to see ourselves uh, and take responsibilities for our life anyways all that's to say there is a bit of wisdom <laughs> in having the guy being older but again it's not up to us <laughs> so that's that's where i'm going if we're just talking of relationship generally and leaving god out of the picture i personally would say as much as possible go for a lady that is younger than you and that is me speaking from my own cultural um upbringing but then in my specific context god gave me my age mate <laughs> And that has meant that, okay, let me give you a, a slight um, insight into how this plays out. And I've heard someone say this, I can't remember who, that she thinks that she she gets to talk to her husband anyhow, simply because they are age mates there about. Like she felt like if she's she has gotten married to someone that is like nine years older than her, <laughs> she would think twice before she says some of the things she says. And that might have preserved the union and the relationship mm. on, on some levels. But the point is, if a lady is older, is she willing to submit biblically mm. to the biblical definitions and expectations of submission? Mm. If a guy is younger, is he willing to lead the home the way God intends for him by virtue of his biblical responsibilities in nurturing his wife, in husbanding his wife and taking and still being the man of the house? Age notwithstanding, because indeed there is a biblical structure that God has given for the context of the home. Yes, the man and the woman are both made in the image of God, but God made the man to be the head of the home, the head of the wife, and Christ to be the head of the man, as it were, and God to be the head of Christ. Paul made that clear in his his epistles, and there's a reason for that. Age or no age difference, that structure needs to be maintained. Um, And that will play out in different ways in different cultural contexts. So the question really is, if I'm older as as a lady, am I still willing to live 
the way I would live in biblical submission to my wife. If I am mm-hmm. younger as a guy, am I still willing to be able to lead my home uh, from all those biblical expectational dimensions? Mm-hmm. And that would mean that I need to be able to maybe take more responsibility to develop myself, mature myself, to be able to lead as such. But generally, if God leads you into such a dynamic, I think it's because he has, He knows that he has given you the capacity to navigate it. Mm, that, that's brilliant. And just one last thing I thought to add is yeah. sometimes when I think we've said it, we've said it this earlier, earlier a previous, episode, pro- okay. yes, and it was we were saying that when God chooses for us, mm. he, he chooses according to our projected needs. Mm. Like it's not just about this, the fatness of today or the shortness or mm. how how their breath stinks or how hopefully not or, <laughs> or how they are not able to speak to you with the same intellect that you have mm. or how they're not empathetic enough or sympathetic enough or they don't let you talk this this like we all have all these dynamics in our relationship there's always something that is not just there yet mm. but instead of focusing on the there yet trust in the him because you can't project what you would need in the future that's right Say for example, I was seeing Kola was uh, as brotherly, but I did, I failed to realize how much of his character would build him as a father, as a husband to me, mm. in the times that I needed. I could only see the features I could see at the time. Yeah. So, so when this thought comes to your head and you're doubting whether this is it, just think of that word projected need mm. for my projected need. There's this Bible verse that says, "God works all things together for our good." Mm. So, there's the working part. He, he knows what you need. Mm. Mm. and what you desire mm-hmm. but all this will come it will come to play basically so my brotherly husband has not become a rugged husband to me <laughs> your brotherly fiance oh yeah my brother my brotherly fiance has not become the boy boy that I wanted <laughs> <laughs> the not too serious brother that I can talk to the non the non-scriptural quoting brother that has all the answers to the world <laughs> that won't tell me to go and read Psalms when I have a headache that can just listen to me <laughs> we gradually realize this desire. It doesn't just come at once. It doesn't come with the package. Mm. Don't look for the package. Look for that gift. See if he's giving you a gift. He would know. He would know how to satisfy your desires mm. within that. So it's I'm hoping God bless this someone. Beautiful. Yeah, yes. that's, I think that's helpful. Thanks for sharing as well. Thank you. And thanks to everyone listening, um, always logging in every week or tuning in or clicking as the case may be to listen every week thanks for always engaging and for those of you that always come back to us on whatsapp or elsewhere to give comments and feedback that's very helpful thank you so very much we just want to want you to know that we appreciate you your feedback keeps encouraging us to continue to do what we do yes god bless you god bless you and remember you're not alone today god bless you bye Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Alone Today podcast. My name is Joseph. And I am Anu. Welcome back. You look good. <laughs> Thank you. That's random. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we have an interesting question today that mm. is from Chichi and the question is directed to Anu and I would let her own it, read the question and let's talk about it. I knew I could say all that by myself, but let's go. Okay. So... Chichi 
said she's in a relationship with a young man who was, who was a call into full-time ministry mm. and wants to know what I would advise. Mm. Chichi also has her own ministry. So, okay. So, before I go on, Kola, what are your thoughts? <laughs> why, why are you doing it to me? It's supposed to be your question, but yeah. Um, what are my thoughts? I think the first thing that, that comes to mind is... Um, that understanding of the fact, basically, that both of you have ministries. Mm-hmm. The fact that I had a call and still do, so it's not past tense. <laughs> <laughs> the I was fact, ask the fact that I have a call into ministry, and again, I have a, a question mark around the terminology of full-time ministry, mm-hmm. as though to say some people are in part-time ministry. I know we use that terminology exclusively for those that are not into bivocational ministry, but ministry is ministry and we are all full-time ministers in that sense. So uh, just to to take that out of the way. But having said that, uh, the fact that I'm into ministry, uh, in in pastoral ministry, um, doesn't make anything really much different in that sense. Um, You also have a ministry. Every child of God has a call upon his life. Mm -hmm. There is a general call in which we're all supposed to become like Jesus Christ. That's generic. But specifically, there is, I mean, God has shaped us in different ways to serve the body. Mm. Um, And so, I think it's all about, first and foremost, understanding your ministry. I understand my ministry. And we both want to figure out how we can work together to to support one another to fulfill our ministries, basically. Mm. And of course, if God is the one bringing us together, he's doing that. He's doing that as the God that knows it all and knows that our callings are supposed to complement one another. Mm, mm, Compliment, not duplicate, not replicate. You mm. don't have to be me. I don't have to be you. But I'm supposed to minister in a way that fuels you to do what God has called you to do. And you're supposed to minister in a way that fuels me to do what God has called me to do. So we're supporting one another, mm. building one another up um, in that regard. But yeah, I know in practicalities, it's a little more complicated than I've made it sound. So hopefully you you come to that. Yeah, I have a question. Like I'm, I'm directing right. this to you. You say that our ministries, yeah, mm-hmm. should complement. Yeah. One what, what what we're doing together. Yeah. And not um. Replicate or duplicate. Or duplicate yeah. What's on ground? What about culturally? What's expected of you? Culturally, if you're a pastor's wife, mm-hmm. you're expected to be everywhere, every time. You're yeah, not God. Mm-mm. But that's a misconception. That is what we young ladies, that's what we saw before we got, before I got married to you. Yeah. I think that narrative needs to be critiqued. We need to unlearn some of these um, templates that we have learned in the manner of speaking mm. or picked up. Um, I mean, I've seen it again and again, especially in in, in African Christianity, if you will, mm. whereby the fact that the husband is a pastor almost necessarily means the wife too must have pastor or some relative title that looks like that before her name. And that means she also needs to step on the pulpit every now and then to preach and do ministry in that sense. That's fine if indeed the person also has a pastoral call and that's, that's okay. Mm. But oftentimes you you then begin to see these ladies that are struggling to do things their husband do because they believe people are expecting that they should be able to do that to validate their pastor wifey status or, or or whatnot. That's that's not how I don't think that's how it should be. Um, 
apart from the fact that i mean maybe my background kind of shaped me in a sense but i believe biblically speaking as well at the end of the day we are individuals um two distinct unique uniquely gifted individuals with Mm. unique calls upon our life that god is bringing together to make those calls complement one another that Mm. doesn't mean that irrespective of what people are expecting Mm. and i think we need to start changing that narrative by modeling examples of what it can be like to to show that yeah you as a person that is in a relationship with a pastor's Mm. wife don't don't start thinking of the expectation of people primarily and this applies to anybody anyways but primarily we all have an audience of one mm-hmm. your caller the one that is both your caller and your joiner is mm-hmm. the one that called you and is the one that is joining you is your matchmaker if you will uh let him be the one to be the judge of what in practical terms doing ministry will mm-hmm. look like in your relationship with this pastor so to yes. speak i like alba thank you for giving us that premise. That's and very thank good. Thank you for turning what was supposed to be your question <laughs> over to me. No, I'm gonna go talk about it now. I just wanted to hear your perspective as a man. Okay. But now I'm gonna talk about it as I have lived it. Gagan. Yes, basically. So I'll, I'll hear my report card. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> when I got into a, into a courtship with you, yeah. I um I thought I needed to be like you. Hmm. I thought I needed to listen more at Bible study and contribute more. It was just a lot of pressure and nobody was asking me to do this. I was going to ask that. Was I the one wanting the pressure? I think it's because of what I've seen. You know how you see the pastor's wife like when you like during sermon now they will preach and things and Mm. the fingers. What the Spirit taught me then was to know that I am no luapo. I am enough. I don't have to be more because he's joined me with a man who has a calling. So what happened was, okay, we were, we were serving then in Gumbi, right? In, yeah. Doing our NYSA. Yeah. And you were like, you were the Bible, Bible study coordinator. Mm-hmm. We called him Rabbi. See, imagine being in a relationship with the Rabbi. What? That, that, was, that was a weird title. <laughs> they actually started with Rema. I fought that title with tooth and nail i was like nobody's gonna call me rema what does rema even mean for goodness sake i'm not the the revealed word or spoken word or whatever rema means and then they said okay but we need a title so we're going to stick with rabbi yeah so (laughs) So, yeah yeah. imagine coming from a muslim background and being in a relationship with a rabbi (laughs) it was yeah it was one of the reasons actually that i delayed in saying i'm ready to you because i wasn't sure i was able to carry that load that yeah, it was a load to me because of what I had seen before. So how how did I manage it? How I managed it was I knew that I was enough, mm-hmm. and my ministry then I like helping people, mm-hmm. and doing our NYC while well, we're in the same in the hostel, should I call hostel yeah, that we're hostel. living in. I was the assistant sisters coordinator. Mm-hmm. That means I do the cooking and cleaning up in the kitchen and things. And when we have big events that caller would preach in. I will be the one in the kitchen serving people that are that are list, that were, that listens to him <laughs> and things like that. So sometimes I don't get to dress up for church. I just what well, other people are dressing up to go to church and looking in their in their finest. finest. <laughs> I am in the kitchen with my salt skirt with a scarf around my hair, serving people and trying to make sure the jollof rice is not burning, the chicken <laughs> is fried. 
the drinks are ready the mm. fruit salad is ready the fire like i just made to make sure everything is going on well yeah. so when i knew that i was enough i set it into my role so perfectly mm. and we worked together there are times where i would miss his sermons and his bible study things but then we'll talk about it later and we'll discuss everything that has gone through but yeah. but knowing that i am enough was was so 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 satisfying mm. and so relieving mm. Because even now thinking about it, if I had taken that mentality I had into marriage, it would have been a lot of struggle for me. Absolutely. That was how it was for me when we're courting. Mm. I'm just thinking again from in, in further practical terms, mm. um, especially post-Gombe, okay. but still before we got married. Yes. Um, I mean, immediately I sensed fully and came to terms with the fact that, okay, I'm called into pastoral ministry and I want to go for it in full in mm. that sense. Um, the next thing I did was to go and submit myself under the leadership of another pastor. Um, and it was a very busy context. Oh boy. And I knew that impacted our relationship um, in ways that... So much. <laughs> basically. Um, the irony was I did not see how it was impacting our relationship i still i remember having a conversation with um some some guys in church um shortly after you came to the uk and i was still in nigeria and mm. all that and they were just discussing about the women in their lives um, <laughs> either their wives or the, the person they're in a relationship with um i think most of them are actually married and they're just talking about demanding women can be and this <laughs> and that and i just looked at all of them and and smiled and said i just thank god for, for the kind of person god <laughs> gave me she doesn't bother me she's just so she's just so simple so easy going if i don't call her in three days she's fine with it and all of them were just like with their mouths agape like ah ah <laughs> if if she's acting like she's not she's not feeling it you better pick the phone and call her <laughs> and things like that like uh you don't take that for granted basically they were trying to let me see and indeed i didn't know that my my not being as available as intentionally available as i could have been mm. i didn't know that was that was um impacting you in in ways maybe you want to talk about that yourself in your yes own words. It, it did like the, the thing the reason it affected me so much was because when i told you i was ready and we we're courting mm-hmm. yeah i didn't really like you that much like liked you but not love love but then post post on that <laughs> Just for the sake of the listeners, yes, I should say that for a whole year and six months, so that's like 18 months after she agreed to marry me. I mean, this is not like she agreed to, okay, let's be friends. No, she she literally, ag- she said she's ready. That, those were her words. I'm not kidding. I'm ready. And yet, despite being ready, we'll have phone conversations and I'll be like, I love you. And she will tell me, thank you. I did not hear oh, I love you too until after 18 months of being in a relationship where I'm I'm just like, oh my god, what's going on here? Oh How would you ever say I love you to a lady she and the best you. she could say to you is thank you or okay? The okay is even worse. <laughs> I love you. Okay, okay, talk to you later. Bye. Oh my world. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's. I just thought to chip in that to, to buttress the fact that you really didn't like me. <laughs> I sound bad. That wasn't intentional. It was so, a. It so was what a. What was the idea behind? <laughs> 
the reason it took long to say I love you was because I wasn't feeling it. Yeah, I I I, I thought so. I remember I was I was I said I was ready under the conviction of the Holy Spirit that you are my husband. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see you have feelings for you. Mm-hmm. And I had the conviction. Conviction that mm. would have been easier to say I love you in few months because I had already we know each other. Mm-hmm. We were you were more like a almost like a pastoral figure, so to say. This yeah yeah. Let me not talk about that. <laughs> let me not go into those realms. Fair enough. I think it actually made made me um, love you in a unique way. Like I mean, I, it, it gave me some un undescribable respect for you. Yeah. Initially, it was weird, and then I took it to God, and I was like, "God, what's this? What kind of babe is this world?" <laughs> and mark my words, God was like, "She's as she's more romantic than you could ever think," and that was all I needed. The wow. fact that God said, "Yeah, she might not show it, she might not feel it, she might not express it now, but just take it like that." And okay. yeah, and I took it like that. Thank you, eventually, Jesus, for helping me out. The first day she said it, oh my God, it was like I won, <laughs> I won a million dollar jackpot. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so um Okay, I love you. I love you too. Oh, thank God. She still says it. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> so, eventually I started falling in love with people. Like, um, I fell in love so hard and it was at the time it was at its busiest. Mm. I don't know how love those people that are just newly in love. It, it was shocking me and the way the the I went like it was a long distance relationship. So, the only way I could get the fact that the person I'm in love with is in love with me mm. is to get, have that communication and it wasn't there because it was a pastor <laughs> oh man it was I think I was more bitter about the people giving you those tasks to I, do I can imagine than the fact of that it was your ministry well, that's when I, I realized that our relationship it wouldn't be like normal couples where they do things the normal way mm. so i began to readjust my expectations and things mm. and i think yeah to be hunt to be really very very honest yeah, yeah. courting a pastor to be or a pastor mm-hmm. is it takes things from you yeah yes it takes it takes things from you say for example i when i was growing up i've always admired those couples that would sit down together in church when the pastor says something they look at their they look at each other and smile Aww. and look back hey hmm, when i got married is that my husband is the one talking or is that the pupils or is the one handing a flyer or and there i'm juggling the babies and the babies and everybody yeah i, I miss that out i think when we still had church before mm-hmm. the lockdown it's one of the things that I still think oh I wish we could just sit down together and at times that my husband will actually have the time to sit down he'll sit either behind me or in front of me because mm. he says I talk like distracting <laughs> <laughs> which is true so yeah there are things you might have to forfeit and yeah. they're not bad they're not you don't lose yourself in forfeiting those things. Mm. The thing is, if you find your ministry, yeah. you wouldn't miss out. Mm. Thank God for the lockdown and the fact that we're able to do um, church online. Yeah. So the th- most of the things, the sitting down together, we get to do it in our youth group. But it doesn't make, now that I'm doing it, it doesn't make any difference. Mm, There's some things we wish for that we think they're the biggest deal, but they're not deal breakers. You find that even when you start to do them, you wouldn't even realize you guys have started doing them. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to see that if you acknowledge God as the joiner, it mm. would make life easy and, and, and bearable with both of you in your ministries. Absolutely. And and yeah, that is what 
I'd say about that. Yeah, that's that's very helpful. Um, to kind of recapitulate what you're saying, it's one to say that both of us or individually we have ministries, mm-hmm. um, and those ministries are supposed to complement one another. Yes. But also in practicality, to understand that you need to shift your expectations Mm-mm. or readjust your expectations. Like sleeping alone most nights. How many nights do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> you say that like you sleep alone every yeah. night. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, that's not necessarily because I'm a pastor. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're you. <laughs> but yeah, I, I see what you mean. Preparing someone's doing church stuff and many other stuff in the night. Like, that's when I get lots of work done. Um, so yeah, it's basically all of those little, little adjustments here and there. But I'm thinking in my mind, you, might, you don't have to say much about this because okay. that's not Chichi's question. But what if, what if the lady is actually the one that has this public ministry, perhaps mm. pastorally, and the guy is just a regular guy. Wow. We are all regular guys. That's not to say pastors are some special people mm. in that sense. Um, I mean, but in the in the terms of the uniqueness of the demands of their call and all of that assuming the lady is the one that has this public out there ministry mm. and the guy is just um he has no he, he has no call into ministry in that sense his own ministry is in the workplace in mm. in a secular setting as a banker or whatever um how would that dynamic play out or what would you say to 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 a lady that is Hmm. Having lived in the opposite, I'll say, just remember that the priority is your duty as a wife. Mm. Your ministry comes under that. The Bible says we're submitting to our husband. Mm. So whether you have anointing and it's so hot and so if you're in a place and people fall down and get healed... (laughs) Your husband takes priority, not the church program you're organizing, not the charity you want to go. Your husband takes priority. Mm. And this is biblically correct because yeah. that is what we are called to do. Mm. We are called to be... Helpmates. Helpmates, yes, before we go out there and help others. So if our homes are not in order, in order mm. what order are we bring to others? Mm. Yes, mm. so... Mm. So there's that. And also, you see that when you guys are in sync, when you're in sync with your husband, when he when he's in, in line with what you're doing, mm-hmm. you find it so easy and stressless to do. Mm. I know of some women that they are very powerful speakers, powerful um, ministers of God. Probably after, more eloquent than their husband. Yes. Yeah. After they've gone out and people are like, oh, thank you, ma. That was beautiful. I've never heard that before in my life. Mm. While their drivers are approaching their house, while they're driving home, their heartbeats start picking up Mm. because their husband, they know that they've done something wrong. I am not a speaker, speaker person, Mm -hmm. but just taking any slight decision without colors, when I know color is not really into it, we know innately when we are doing our thing. Yeah. Shouldn't be a me, myself, and I thing. As much as it's your ministry, it should be the both of you going on it together. Mm. I remember talking about Labi. I was listening. She's a Nigerian um, singer, gospel singer. She was talking about her, her husband and how they started out. But she would sing and her husband would be playing the guitar. <laughs> it's not because... No, is it the guitar or the piano? I don't, I don't know. know. It would play an instrument. And it's, she said it's not because... It feels lesser than her, but because they're doing it together. Mm. So my advice to such person is don't let your ministry get into your head. Don't let the attention you're getting get into your head. The first thing that should get into your head is your husband. Mm. 
it might not make sense of feminist but that is who we are and that is who we're called to be as a christian person a christian lady let whatever comes out of you be in sync with what is in your home mm. yeah don't get because you these people that you're preaching to and helping will praise you and tell you you're the perfect people but they're not the person you sleep with on your bed mm. If you sleep in a cold bed and it's just you, they're not, they're not going to warm you up in the night. Their praises won't be there. These things are transient. Remember that any ministry you have is to the glory of God. So mm. you are just a, you're a messenger. You're like, Basically. you're like the drum they pour wine into. You're just the container. Mm. Everything that is in you is given by you. It's given by God. Mm. So don't take what is in you to be like the whole point of your life. Mm. Because as much as you're that container, there's another container similar to you, ready to stay by you if you would let them stay. So don't, yeah, basically don't let your ministry get into your head. That's, that's, that's brilliant and helpful. And I think it's not only helpful for that context but even mm. also for for the for the men um because again as well the same thing can happen from the masculine point of view yeah. whereby you let ministry um take over I, I like that paul would admonish many of his younger ministers i know he said something like that to timothy that you should take it unto thyself and unto the ministry or the work of the ministry as though mm. to say you first and in this case you that you are married it's not just you you first but mm. you as together mm-hmm. you plural you and your spouse mm. you and your home mm. in that sense he that is not able to take care of his home he would say is worse than an infidel mm. um so yeah i think that's that's really helpful any mm. concluding thoughts yes one final point that i want to say is now that we are married yeah how have I been able to manage being your wife? Mm. I think the benefit of being a pastor's wife, I'd say, is I've learned more about God than I would have done on my own. Mm. Like hearing your husband talk to you about Ephesians 1. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's so much theological knowledge you can hold on your on your head without want, wanting to go and research it on your own. Yeah. I've read about homiletics, <laughs> um, apologetics, apologetics. <laughs> um, is this something like epistemology? <laughs> that's my biology. I have learned all. I've learned about African Christianity. <laughs> the thing is, what helped me is when he talks to me about his projects, mm. I listen. Yeah. I listen. It might not be what I'm into law and legal things. It might not be my thing. But because he's my husband and in order to support him, I listen with interest. Not just because I just want him to talk so he will feel like I'm listening. You listen critically. Yeah. And as much, and <laughs> and, as, and that's very, uh, sometimes I'm too critical, but yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm aware of this project. We talk about it together. That way, I know we're, as much as we're in different, um, we're in different level of ministries, mm-hmm. I'm still able to relate with him and he's able to relate with me. And how he has been helpful to my ministry. So sometimes when I wake up at 4 a.m. and think, ah, I need to cook for this person. And I want to take chicken. And I know Joshua would need to go to school 8 mm-hmm. o'clock. He will be the one taking care of that area for me so it doesn't it's not it's not there's no gap left mm-hmm. so i am flitting about the kitchen cooking chicken making fried rice and going on a long walk to go drop the food for someone and coming back to eight mm-hmm. when the child is supposed to be leaving home he feels the gap so that's how we manage it mm-hmm. it's understanding we understand not that we understand we're young couples and we're not there yet i know mm-hmm. older pastor misses will hear this and think uh you guys don't know anything 
please share what you experienced with us and we'll come back and do like a sequel mm. but as as in the short time that we've been in ministry these are the things that has helped just filling the gaps when when your husband wants when he has meeting like almost all day mm. staying upstairs with the children might be a lot but just stay there you know that you'll be back <laughs> one day <laughs> or, or something it's just oh, not being goodness. bitter just knowing that all things work together for our good and mm. the thing and what helps again what helps again is not comparing yourself with the other people that's very important yes even normal relationship is not normal to other people mm. every relationship is unique to itself and its um circumstances absolutely so even if you're married to an accountant you have your own set of things that are working for you mm. so don't compare don't say oh i don't get to hold my husband's and doing church service it doesn't make any difference <laughs> sometimes you even want him to leave you alone and go to work do something else <laughs> so yeah so god Thanks bless us <laughs> and, uh, thank you i think that's that's really helpful and i hope chichi finds that helpful okay. and every other chichi is out there in a sense or people like chichi that mm. would be yeah i've spoken with a few people as well actually that kind of uh afraid of yeah, marrying a pastor yes. or getting into a relationship with someone that is clear about the fact that is going into ministry Seems but there's really lot. nothing to be afraid of if it is god that is bringing you together yeah. it's gonna be a beautiful adventure and I pray that your partner, to all chichis out there, your partner is also understanding. Amen. And they don't put their ministry over their families. I mean, just... It's just that balance. God would help us all. All of us, the accountants, the... Doctors. Everybody's. Mm. Would all, uh, God would help us find a good balance between our careers and our homes. Amen. 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 God bless you. So, yeah, thank you very much. Hopefully, um, we'll come your way next week with another episode. God bless you. And remember, you are not alone. Today. God bless you. Bye. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Not Alone Today podcast. My name is Joseph. And I am Anu. Welcome. So this um, episode is a relationship question and it's coming in from Phoebe. She asks, Hello, sir and ma. I've been in a five-year relationship for which I later called it quits because it was subtly manipulative on me. I've gotten over him long before I broke up with him through the help of God. I'm happy I ended it. So I told God that I want to have feelings and emotions only for the man I will end up marrying Never again do I want to waste my emotions for the wrong man that God does not approve of. I don't know whether I should be worried because for some months now, I've not been in a meaningful relationship with any man. What's your take on this, sir and ma? Thank you. So there you go. Very interesting. It's a genuine and sound question. And there'll be lots of Phoebes out there with the same issue. Mm. So... How do we start it off? Should we take it from the start from the past relationship she ended? I'm wondering what she even meant by subtly manipulative. manipulative. She says she called it quit because the relationship was manipulative, subtly. Mm. The question it brings to my mind is mm, to be in a subtly manipulative relationship for five years sounds like a long time. To undergo such manipulation. I understand that when you're with someone for a long time, you start 
believe in what they say about you, like how it happens in domestic violence, like if it's emotional abuse. I, I hear that the victim starts to believe what the abuser says about them and they take it to be their own issues. And that could be the reason God has given you some space to get out what you used to. So maybe God is making you, it's calming you down mm. to make sure that you've dealt with everything that you've, you're coming from before you go into a new one. It might actually be a way of God actually giving you time out mm. you th- to think about what's happened, how it happened, and way forward. How would you spot it next time? If, say, for example, if you get into the same relationship and it's suddenly manipulative, how would you Another spot it? Another rather that is similar to what you're getting out of. How would you spot the manipulation and stop it before it prolongs? Mm. Yeah, uh, to to piggyback on that point, it's established in research that people that have broken a relationship once, the probability that they would break again is very high. I mean, even uh, that's not even not just a relationship. The rate of those that are having a second divorce is actually higher than a first, and those mm. that are having the third is higher than the second, mm. as it were. So, like, the chances of a repetition of this is high. And I think the reason why that keeps happening is because people keep doing the same things they've been doing and mm. expecting a different result, except that the characters are different. So, mm. you are with a different person, but you are still because there are unresolved issues from the past, mm. those issues then get carried on into um, the future, so to speak. Mm. And then the same cycle of events just turns out. Mm. So that's that's the first thing to point out, to say, um, indeed, there is something going on here. Mm. Thank God that you were able to identify the subtly manipulative relationship, whatever that looks like. I still find that that phraseology very pregnant and i'm 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 unable to unpack it fully Mm. um but then okay having concluded and agreed and established and you said you are thankful that you ended the manipulative relationship as probably you should the question now is what then happens next she's bothered that nobody is coming if i read the question Mm. right um, after some months of coming out of a manipulative relationship. And again, nobody's coming, perhaps also because you said you prayed a prayer that I find interesting, to say the least. You told God that you don't want to have feelings and emotions for any other person than the one person you're going to end up marrying. I'm not God. I, I think that God made our feelings, made our emotions, so to ask him to suspend something that he himself put there so that you can, quote unquote, make the right marital choice. It sounds to me like, um, like a lazy prayer mm-hmm. because it's like you are shifting a responsibility on God for what he has given you the mm-hmm. resources to do. Mm-hmm. In other words... I understand that you won't go to, quote-unquote, be the deciding factor in your relationship. But then, this is just like throwing the fleas. Mm. Relationships um, and feelings and emotions are the most difficult thing to to judge that by. Mm. So, 
uh, if someone comes today and or you see someone or someone approaches you and indeed you do have feelings and emotions you take that to mean oh for me to have had feelings and emotions mm. this must be the person because i've told god that god i don't want to have feelings for any mm. other person than the one i just think that's that's a little bit um interesting um mm. to say the least so that's that's my thought about the prayer point what do you think about it i think the prayer point is actually wise okay i don't know if it's if, if, if it's a girl thing because mm-hmm. there are times where you just want a clear head she's been out of something intense yeah and no wanting to waste time again mm-hmm. on any other flimsy relationship mm-hmm. but wants to put herself like prepare herself up for what God is preparing her for mm-hmm. maybe the prayer point should have been worded in another way how would you have worded it to say that God should make sure that whoever is going to play with me or play with my emotion, it should not bring it, them my way and mm. prepare me for the right person. <laughs> you don't think that's the right thing to say. No, the, I mean, people it's pray these prayers, you know. The fact that people pray doesn't make it spiritually responsible. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not being um, weird here. And I, like I said, I'm not God. Maybe mm. God likes it. That's fine. But I, I, the problem is not just with the phrase mm. or the content of the prayer. Mm-hmm. The prayer in itself is an indicator of many other things. Okay. For one, for someone that has come out of a subtly manipulative relationship, of course, it makes logical sense. I don't want to waste time with just mm. anybody. Um, and so, God, please suspend my emotions. Keep it hanging until when the right person comes. I'll feel it. I'll know this is it. And then psh, mm. we go on. In other words, you're asking God to lead you by your feelings and your emotions. That's actually what this prayer point is saying. Lord, lead me by my feelings and my emotions. And that's never a biblical way for you to be led. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Mm. Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. Mm. And so to then say, God, um, I want you to lead me by my emotions, except that I want you to do it in a way that when I feel it, I know that is you. It's it's almost in the face of biblical spiritual leadership. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. He leads us by His Spirit, which is by His Word, for His words and His Spirit. The words that I speak unto you, John 6, 63, they are spirit and their life. Yeah. So I, I would rather that... Phoebe mm. uses this free space in which she's getting unnecessarily worried because nobody's coming, just like he started from, uh, I know, to, mm. to as a time to first and foremost critique the past. Mm. Critique it in the sense of you want to un- you want to unlearn the wrong things that held you for five years in a manipulative relationship. Mm. You want to relearn the right things about what's marriage about Mm. i'm sensing or sniffing a bit of desperation in the message like time is going i don't want to waste time with any other person my mates are getting married Mm. perhaps my mates are already having their first and second baby showers i'm yet to have to to tidy knots there is that pressure that society keeps mounting on people these days that is totally um i mean we need to raise a kind of generation of young people that will be shielded from that pressure 
And one way to do that is to be in tune with your father in the sense of I want to I want to be busy with God's mission for my life. I want to know what God is doing and getting on that and be so engrossed with that to the point where marriage then becomes as God sees fit for you in mm-hmm. a sense. It's not that I'm living at this stage of my life just waiting for the man. I just I'm just waiting to get married. And so if nothing happens, if there is no man that comes, I, I need to do everything to undo that reality because it's a negative reality. That's not necessarily the case. Perhaps God in his providence is granting you this time gap mm-hmm. as a time to intentionally look into the mirror. Mm and see what needs correction and by the mirror the mirror of your past vis-a-vis the mirror of god's word and let that influence your your understanding of your previous relationship and let that shape your hopes and dreams for your future relationship in god and let him be the one that calls the shots not your emotions as a litmus test in that sense i mean that's that's where I'm coming from. That I'm saying I have, I find the prayer interesting. Okay. Thank you for that. It's very You're clear. Welcome. We shouldn't be led by our emotions. If if the prayer had been had been phrased to say that God, for the time being, for mm. the time the the right man would come, mm. help me to focus on you. Help me to restrain myself from useless attentions. Mm. Give me the capacity to wait. Yeah. For the right person you're bringing to me, would that be biblical? Yeah, I think I think if the prayer was constructed like that, yeah, mm. it's it ties into what I was trying to say earlier that's on. Good. Yeah. So can we assume that's Phoebe's purpose? Because from what I read, I do, I don't think she wants to be led by emotions, but I, maybe the emotion was what led her to the five year relationship, and now she's saying, this time. I don't want to be the one putting myself out there to say I'm choosing this man, but I want God to lead me. To cho- what, what, the point he gave about being led by emotion is very mm-hmm. valid. It could be. Sure. So I'm saying that maybe we should consider um, another perspective to see if a if question indeed was to say, God, I'm giving you the reins, mm. you lead me, then that would be that would be in line with God's um, word. Sure. And sure. and there was another thing that I noticed from our question. And that's where she said, for the past few months, mm-hmm. she has not been in any meaningful yeah. relationship with any man. Which sounds man. like there have been some Which relationships. Which means that she's gone back, she hasn't addressed her mistakes, mm-hmm. she's still doing the same thing. Mm. And it's actually, it actually you're actually right, Kola, in, in terms of what she said at mm. the end. She might actually want. She's, she's, she might actually be waiting to be led by emotions now, because mm-hmm. she said, "I don't know whether I should be worried because for some months I've not been in a meaningful relationship with any man." Mm. So, what defines meaningful? Exactly. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure what you would say to that. Just tying back on what you. That was part of what shaped my response. My response. Mm. So the question. <clears throat> 
the 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 prayer point mm. is sandwiched between two things mm. one the fact that she has been in a subtly manipulative relationship for five years mm. and the other because she's worried that she has not been in a meaningful relationship ever since she broke that one mm. in between those two realities is this <clears throat> interesting prayer point mm. um which indeed she might have she might mean good for again I, like i said before logically it makes sense that if you have been so disappointed mm. you just want god to do everything in his power to ensure you get it right mm. but to to desire spiritual matru- maturity mm. is to understand that our we will take some responsibility for our growth we mm. will take some responsibility for our decisions as much as god is fully resident in us by his spirit the final say as to what to do still rests on us. Mm. Psalm 32 verse 8, for instance, says, I will instruct you in the way that you should go, Mm. and I will guide you with my eyes. But I like that the next couple of verses after that verse then goes on to show that God that is saying he can do that for us gives us a choice because you can then choose to be so obstinate that he will have to force you into that as the case may be um let me read it from the passion translation um psalm 32 then i'll read verse 8 and verse 9 together he actually says i hear the lord saying i will stay close to you instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life i will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide but then it goes on to say immediately in the next verse so don't make it difficult mm. don't be stubborn when i take you where you've not been before don't make me tug you and pull you along just come with me in other words there is a responsibility that you have you can choose to align yourself with the leading of the father or you can still say mm, i want to still choose my <laughs> own ways I like the NIV um, chapter 9 in the NIV. Verse 9. Verse 9, sorry. Mm. That says, do not be like the horse or the mule, Mm. which have no understanding, (laughs) but must be controlled by beat and And bridle, Mm -hmm. or they will not come to you. Indeed. Many are the woes. This is verse 10. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the the one one who trusts him. him. So Phoebe, Mm. trust God. Mm. Don't use God. Mm. trust him Mm. lay your cards very honestly on the table Mm. and trust him tell him how desperate you are Mm -hmm. how the ones the unmeaningful ones that are coming to you are beginning to look like it Mm. (laughs) let him teach you how to control yourself yeah let him instruct you and and teach you in the way you should go. Because I and Colette, we don't have the full picture. That's right. We don't know the essence of the of the five year relationship relationship or the abuse you must have gone through. Mm. But let God, who saw you in that, who was with you through that, teach you and instruct you on how you can come out of you, unglue yourself from the remnant of that past. Mm before you start building something new because mm. if it's not addressed if the 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 baggage is not addressed sorry to say it will go into the new one mm. it's not just about switching emotion or meeting the right man if you're not prepared if you're not becoming the right woman for the man you're expecting to meet mm-hmm. you will take the same thing you've had in the where you were 
to where you are and it might bring the same results mm. Mm. so yes let's let this verse just be your prayer point in addition to your prayer point to to lead you and and, and to encourage you and to surge you on mm. thank you so much for that and um, you use the phrase um that she should quote and unquote become the right person Mm. for the man that would be coming and that that statement readily brings um a book to my mind um that i i've read before i'm sure you've read it as well and yeah. the stanley's um the new rules for love sex and dating mm. um and this is a book that is very practical and i think i, I would recommend this to to phoebe and easy to read very, very easy to simple. read very um written in very accessible language but towards the end of the book, um, Andy began to imagine that there are people that would read this book and discover that they are in a wrong relationship and need to break up, um, like Phoebe had done. But then he goes on to recommend a romance fast for such people to it's say... similar to what Phoebe is saying. Exactly. What she's going through, but maybe she might not be seeing it as mm. such. Um, to say, for the next one year no dating no issues about guys and all of that i just want a clear head for mm. for one year and it's not a clear head of don't do anything or a clear head of what am i going to be doing what if someone comes around and says this and says that mm. it actually gives them a practical recommendation of what to do in that book i'll read um just a short excerpt from the final chapter i titled it if i were you um, uh, and so there's a part there that is subtitled filling the time it says if you are wondering what you're going to do with all that free time and extra money <laughs> no worries the one year challenge actually has more to do with what you do during that year than it does with what you stop doing remember that the premise of this book is that it's more important to become someone than to find someone that's why i said your mm. statement brought this to mind the year off is an opportunity for you to focus your attention on becoming the person the person you are looking for is looking for. This is like the statement that <laughs> is the premise for the whole book. Mm. Instead of looking for someone, mm. become the person that the person you think you are looking for is actually looking, looking for. for. Mm. Then it goes on to, to actually suggest five things to do <clears throat> within that one year period. The first is to address your past look back to that five-year manipulative relationship and address it the second is to break some habits what patterns have you picked up um it's it's not normal to have been in a manipulative relationship for five years it's not impossible as well that that has left some residues of some habits that needs to be broken mm. and the third is to set some standards what kind of what kind of people would you know that this is just a no-no by virtue of what you've been through and what God has pointed you to in addressing your past. Mm. S use that to set some standards. Then fourth, get out of debt. That might not apply to you, but um, in the American context in which he was writing, it's a popular issue that if you've gone through uni, you probably finish up with a huge debt mm -hmm. um, that for some determines their financial uh, status for the rest of their lives. And he wants them to get out of that. So, and lastly, go back to church. If you have stopped in any way, if this issue had taken you away from God, um, go back to church. Mm. Not necessarily go back to church in the sense of start attending or resume attending services. But even if you never stopped attending church, you might have desisted or withdrawn 
from participation and active participation get yourself involved again mm-hmm. in in God's mission in a local assembly and pour yourself into that who knows maybe when your romance fast is over it will be in the course of serving that God will bring brother James <laughs> your way um, so yeah that's that's those are the five things that I would also pass on and I would recommend the whole book actually to Phoebe to take some time to to read I'll add the sixth one and I'll say Mm-hmm. Pray for redemption. That God should redeem time. Five years is five years is not a joke. Mm. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Um. So Phoebe, um, that's that's our thoughts. You said, "What's our take?" Actually, the, qu- the question sounds interesting. Like, mm. what's your take on this? And no, she's I, not <laughs> getting anything. Maybe, <laughs> I think Phoebe is thinking maybe her prayers actually switched off. <laughs> done something so maybe she needs to pray the prayer but yeah. i don't think god is that way i don't think so either mm. Let, let's let's finish up by maybe chanting some 32 over your head mm. we've quoted verses 8 9 and 10 but i actually think in, to some extent this is a, a psalm that is a psalm of david but i think it's very apt for what you have been through phoebe so um i would read it from the passion translation and it's straight from god's heart through my lips to yours what bliss belongs to the one whose rebellion has been forgiven mm. those whose sins are covered by blood mm. what bliss belongs to those who have confessed their corruption to god mm. for he wipes their slates clean and he mm. removes hypocrisy from their hearts mm. before i confessed my sins i kept it all inside my dishonesty devastated my inner life, causing my life to be filled with frustration, irrepressible anguish mm. and misery. The pain never let up, for your hand of conviction was heavy on my heart. Mm. My strength was sapped, my inner life dried up like a spiritual drought within my soul. And then it says, pause in his presence. Verse 5, then I finally admitted to you all my sins, refusing to hide them any longer. I said, my life-giving God, mm. I will openly acknowledge my evil actions. And you forgave me. All at once, the guilt of my sin were washed away and all my pain disappeared. Mm. Pause in his presence. <laughs> Verse 6, this is what I've learned through it all. All believers should confess their sins to God. Do it every time God has uncovered you in the time of exposing. For if you do this, when sudden storms of life overwhelm, You'll be kept safe. Mm. Lord, you are my secret hiding place, protecting me from this trouble, surrounding me with songs of gladness. Your joyous shouts of rescue release my breakthrough. Pause in his presence. Verse 8. I hear the Lord saying, I'll stay close to you, instructing you and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the Mm. way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Mm. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. So my conclusion is this. Many are the sorrows and frustrations of those who don't come clean with God. But when you trust in the Lord for forgiveness, his wraparound love, mm. his wraparound love will surround you. Mm. So celebrate the goodness of God. He shows this kindness to everyone who is his. Mm. Go ahead, Phoebe, shout for joy. Hallelujah. All you upright ones who want 
to pleasing. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good mm. stuff. And do you know that this Psalm 32 mm-hmm. was a Psalm David wrote? After he had seduced Bathsheba and killed her husband. Mm -hmm. So this is him bearing his heart to God. Mm. Refusing to hide his hypocrisy. Mm. His Mm. organized crime. Mm. As I like to call it. (laughs) That's in line of duty. That's in line of duty. (laughs) So I know about organized crime. (laughs) So Phoebe, you rest assured. God's wrap around love will mm. surround you mm. just trust him mm. god bless you amen so yeah in conclusion um phoebe take this psalm as your psalm for some time just own it talk to god with it let it lead you into a place of prayer into a place where you can actually speak words that are more sincere and more genuine mm. than just wanting God to lead you by whether or not you feel something for someone. Mm. Those are secondary. Let him address the root issues in your heart. Just speak to him. And then I like that it climaxes into that wraparound love. Mm. Feel his embrace. Mm. Feel his love. And that's a prayer for you. That, yeah, you might go through that drought for now, but it's actually a season, a wilderness season of God making you, molding you, training you, healing you mm. to become all that he wants you to be for yourself, for your future partner, and ultimately for God's kingdom. Mm. And may God bless you. Amen. Amen. Any concluding thoughts? Mama? No, thank you. So, yeah, we... We'll come your way again next week with another episode of Not Alone Today podcast. And remember, you are not alone today. God bless you. Bye for now. Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Alone Today podcast. My name is Joseph. And I am Anu. Welcome. So today's question is an interesting question from (laughs) Bimi. And the question actually kind of addresses me one in a very in a very interesting way. Anyways, um, I know we read the question and then we'll talk about it. So go on. So the question goes, I read your book, Bumpy But Sweet Again today. I noticed that you didn't particularly know so much about God's plan for you before you asked your wife to marry you. I have heard relationship coaches say that you shouldn't itch your right to say what you aren't sure is going your way. I.e., don't go into a relationship when you don't yet know your purpose. What's, what was different in your case, sir? <laughs> okay, let's, 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 let's give... <laughs> this is so interesting. Let's give people some context um, to understand what this is about. I mean, we are laughing, but okay. some people might not actually understand. know or understand. Okay, okay so, um, Bumpy But Sweet um, was a book I wrote um, off of a conversation that I had <clears throat> with um, one social media guy that reached out to us after our wedding. Mm. He wanted to get into the nitty-gritty of our relationship story when mm. the whole wedding thing was going viral um, about us getting married on Anu's graduation day and mm. blah, blah, blah. Um, and so, yeah, part of what I shared uh, in that conversation or on, on that online platform 
about our story is how that even as of the time that um my wife told me she's ready okay so like i asked her to marry me january 13 2012 she came back february 10 2012 to say i am ready like let's start this journey let's start this relationship but actually between january 13 and february 10 she invited me for a conversation in which she specifically asked me some questions about the future she wanted to know what are your plans i mean these are both of us were serving at the time in northern nigeria we're not going to be there forever we're just there for a program that was supposed to last for one year Mm. um i started earlier which means i'm going to finish earlier than her and this was actually few days to me finishing my own tenure of that program Uh, and so she asked me what's your plan for the future what do you want to do um and i came around to say oh yeah i want to do a master's in public health i have a particular school in mind where i want to get that done um and then after i get my master's maybe start a phd but at the end of the day i just want to come back and lecture in a particular institution in nigeria and as i'm lecturing you know also using the opportunity to serve god in a christian sense like in a university setting reaching out and influencing young students and things like that um something along that line but then I went on to, of course, a few months down the line. It turns out that <laughs> I felt persuaded I was going to go into full-time ministry, mm-hmm. um, which meant that everything that I said the other day just went down the drain. <laughs> Not only that, the person that was asking me this question believed that she at least knows some things about who God wants her to marry before I came into the picture. Um, and she would say it herself anyways mm. but if i understood correctly if i can still recollect well part of that involved she she had a sense that she was going to be marrying someone that is involved in some sort of kind of like a missionary work um, someone that is in some sort of ministry and things like that and everything i said in response to questions about the future had nothing to do with that i mean i wanted to be a christian serving god (laughs) influencing young students but not in the sense of maybe doing a missionary thingy or or anything um, that serious but yet in spite of me being quote-unquote clueless (laughs) about what exactly the future would be she came around to say yeah I'll journey with you. And so, Mimi is asking us, what's different in your kids? <laughs> why, why did you, Anu, choose to eat your ride? <laughs> why did you choose to eat your ride um, to someone that is obviously clueless about the future? <laughs> you were not exactly clueless. No, I'm just borrowing um, Mimi's words and mm. for that painting myself in that light. Okay, so yeah. Okay, I'll go now. Okay. So, first of all, maybe you're right about what those relationship coaches said. It's good. It's wise. Very straightforward. But what I've come to know is that I'll come to answer the, ask, um, answer the question you just asked. Mm-hmm. What I've come to realize is there's a feeling that comes on you when you know this is the person you want to marry. <coughs> it's as though you place them on this observation and you keep going around them thinking, ticking some boxes like, mm, can I manage that? Ah, okay. Oh, it does this. Ah, okay. You start mm, and eyeing about things you can manage. There's just, I'm not sure if it's for every lady, but that was what happened to me. 
And also with the help of the Holy Spirit, those things I was looking and observing, mm-hmm. I was getting filled by the Holy Spirit, mm. which obviously, if you're not, if you're not being led by the Holy Spirit, it might sound a bit weird. Mm. I'll give an example. When I came to him from the story, he just said, mm-hmm. and asked him what his um, future, future plans, plans were. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me things about public relations. Public health, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Public health, sorry. Yeah. In my mind, I was going back to the Holy Spirit to say, it doesn't sound like what you said. Mm. Public head qua. <laughs> to me, <laughs> you said it's pastoral and we are pastoral together. <laughs> but for some, some, I felt like, oh, okay, I'm in a trendy one. Because once I, what, before I said yes to him, yeah. I kind of had an idea of who I am marrying. Mm-hmm. A practical example is one time I was in a, we met in, in our, doing our youth service. Mm-hmm. One time I was getting dressed and looking at the mirror and checking my hair, my hearing and things. And I saw, if, if you're in Nigeria, you know, there's this deeper life magazines that we usually get that. The mirror. The mirror, yeah. On the face of it, they will show this cartoon, cartoon image of a woman tying a scarf without hearing and just looking very Maryish. <laughs> so, yeah, so when I was dressing up, I had earrings on then. I was using jewelry. I was making my hair like normal fine babe does. Yeah. So, and then I looked at my son. I saw that magazine. And the Holy Spirit said, that is how you're going to look in a few years. I felt, hey. I, 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 I did feel, hey, like, hey, um, save me. Or what's going on with my life? I just felt like, oh, okay. And I thought I had a conversation in my mind, like, why? I, I knew it was tied up to who, who I was going to marry. Mm-hmm. So I took that in my, yeah, I took that in stride and, yeah, I noted that, like, Mary pondered it in her heart. So mm-hmm. I knew pondered it in her heart. Hallelujah. At the time. Come like, on. This is to come. This is, <laughs> this is what it is to come. Mm-hmm. Get ready for it. So, yeah. So when he said all those public health things, I thought, uh, okay. Maybe I can still keep my hearing and things and that. But yeah, I knew what he was saying to me then wasn't it. But what the Spirit said to me while we were having the conversation was, let him talk. It will soon come to, was the word I heard, I think. It will mm. soon come to. Mm. So when it did eventually come to, obviously. <laughs> Two months later. I, I understood. So to answer Kwemi's question, mm-hmm. it wasn't exactly clueless. There's something about going into ministry mm-hmm. that might make you appear clueless to ordinary people. Mm-hmm. We're all not ordinary, but mm-hmm. you get what I mean. Like, like outsiders or third parties will see us. Are they really? Are they crazy? <laughs> are they going to get married on this um, on this on this basis and things? But the thing is, for in ministry, every everything you do is mm-hmm. being led. Even without ministry, as a Christian our lives become led by God. That is where 1 Corinthians 1 comes in, where at the end where God said, he uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So the wise people that think they are wise are actually foolish. That's what what God is saying. Mm. So as Christians, I'm not even talking about ministry now. Sometimes the way we live our lives and the way we are guided by God is foolish to the wise people out there. But it's the wisest thing that we can do at the time. Mm. So that's why I said this: your, the relationship coaches their rights in their own mind, mm. without having the Holy Spirit, without knowing, without walking in the in the sh- in the path mm. that God has placed you on. But when they walk in that, if they're able to, they will understand that it's not about exactly setting goals or having purpose. 
if your goals, the goal is, is going to be in ministry. Mm. My goal is, my purpose is, you're going to be his wife. What mm. at all? I mean, that's all. <laughs> so he goes, I follow. And other things come into play with that. And that doesn't mean that our career mm. flies off the end. It comes with it. So the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And every other thing will be added unto you. That is what our marriage is all about. We sought first what God is saying to us. Mm. <clears throat> we sought first our purpose in his kingdom. And once we once we got that, once we accepted that, all other things have been added. Mm. Him now is like a is a scholar in theology. I am a paralegal with other things coming to like we can't we couldn't have planned that out mm. it would have been literally impossible mm. and, and it's this is not saying that if you're a christian then you lose all all your senses to make goals for yourself like i said it depends on your situation and your context i'll yeah. hand over to joseph now <laughs> thank you thank you for not making me look, look as bad as Queen no. made me <laughs> you know she um, didn't but to, to be fair though um <clears throat> this is not me defending myself uh but yeah in <laughs> retrospect it's not like i was clueless even ministerial wise mm. um i think i was just being selfish because eventually when i i mean said yes to ministry got into pastoral ministry and all that mm. every time that i take a pause to look back and just cast my mind back to before the beginning of the ministerial work began Mm. I can see that this is something God has been preparing me for since as far back as I can remember. Since I came to terms with reality and began to know left from right. Mm. Um, and I mean, that's a story for another day. I think there's actually an episode we've done in which I shared my journey um, mm. into ministry. And that would be a good episode to refer back to for some of that story. Mm. But then secondly was the fact that even after that conversation we had, we ended that conversation, if you remember when you ask me what's my future plans i i have always known because i had it at the back of my mind that my plans may end up not being his plans his mm. ways are not our ways his thoughts are not our thoughts and so one of the things i had in mind for that season of my life was that on the day i finished that phase of the nyse program the youth service as we call it i wanted to go into a retreat for three days and the purpose of the retreat is not two it's just one mm. Lord, what will you have me do? And so mm. I ended up that conversation that night by saying, okay, I've given you all these answers, but don't take any of them to bank. Mm. Actually, I'm trusting God for clarity as to what the future holds. Mm. And I don't have those answers now because I've set a future date to begin to be more intentional with that inquiry in which I would just withdraw myself and have some solitude with God and actually be like, God, if you don't speak, I'm not leaving. Mm. <laughs> And of course, I did that. I began to get glimpses into what's coming and mm. then did something of such again some two months later and then it became crystal clear, this is what God wants me to do. Mm. Um, and as of that time, of course, my own fear then became, hmm, this lady said yes on the basis of the information I'd given her. I'm hoping that <laughs> now that I'm bringing an unplanned detail into the mix, that mm. this will not be the undoing of our relationship, which was just at the time only two months old. And then the Holy Spirit said to me ever so calmly, Call her. 
or was it send her a message mm. reach out to her let her know and hear from her what she would say and so when i did reach out what she said became my very first confirmation and conviction that actually god wanted me in ministry mm. because this is that was when she then actually opened up this chapter to say oh is it because i've not said <laughs> actually i've i've seen this coming and i'm glad that you cut the vision on time mm. um, and so that was refreshing um, and again it's it kind of made me respect you a little more oh you mean baby no you i know oh in the I sense that you. i was like oh my god how can someone be so audacious to indeed i mean foolishly <laughs> audacious <laughs> Sorry to say weirdly but foolishly is a bit deep man <laughs> foolishly audacious to each arrived <laughs> with a okay that's not me no i'm not clueless um yeah but yeah something like that i mean that's basically what women is asking if i would tie up everything i've said mm. in terms of reading behind mm. or beyond Kwemi's question to so mm. the things that Kwemi is not saying mm. I would give three um, resolutions or suggestions one, don't say yes just because the guy looks good or he looks like the kind of man that you see in your future mm. um, don't say yes because he, 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 if he looks exactly like the man you want he, mm. he seems to, to have it boxes. all together and yeah, he has ticked all the boxes exactly don't say yes just because of that two don't say yes just because you can feel mutual love between you two like oh the chemistry is there mm. oh my god i mean in our own case chemistry was the last thing eh. to come chemistry was so <laughs> even, far even after the relationship started after mm. she said she's ready the person that said she's ready you will call her and end your conversation with i love you and she will tell you thank you so rigid. for 18 months <laughs> because she wasn't feeling it mm-hmm. and she didn't want to say what she didn't mean and she waited till she meant it before she started saying, I Say love you. Oh, my mind. world. Come on. <laughs> Anyways, um, another story for another day. So don't say yes just because you're feeling butterflies. Don't say yes because it looks like it. Mm. And that leads me to the third point. By all means, say yes if you're truly and fully persuaded that that person, man or woman, mm. as the case may be, in Pemi's case, man, definitely, not a woman. Um... Say yes if you are persuaded that that man is God's choice for you and not your choice for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's one um, one point that I will continue to say to young people. Um, and it's not as difficult or as scary as it sounds to say, I want God to be, I want to be so much in tune with God mm-hmm. that he gets to lead me in every area of my life, including the big question of who should I marry? Mm-hmm. I don't just want to take that based on, yeah, some marriage seminar tips that I got, mm-hmm. but on the basis of my work with God mm-hmm. to say, yes, that's my, that's my daughter for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's my son for you. And, and I can then go on on that journey knowing that either authored it is the author and the finisher and it will finish it. Amen. Amen. So yeah, me hope that helps. Um, and thanks to everyone that <clears throat> has been tracking with us, listening, following, and giving out different feedbacks. Um, we really appreciate all your thoughts and all your feedbacks. Yes, thank you very much. 
till when next when we'll meet on another episode and deal with another question just remember you're, you're not alone today god bless you bless Bye. you Hello and welcome to Not Alone Today podcast. I am Anu. And I am Joseph Kolaoliola. It's so good to be here. It's been ages. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. It's good to be back. We hope you, you're doing well and you're enjoying your year already. Mm. So today's episode is about a question that we received from Ire. And she's, it's a relationship-based question. Mm. And um, it's quite interesting. <laughs> so I'll um, hand over to Joseph to read out the question for us. Then we'll go into the discussion. And please feel free to send your suggestions or comment. Or if you think we should have mentioned something and we didn't mention it. would love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. So this question simply says, um, how do I hear from God when my mind is full of fear? That's the overarching question that Ire is asking. But of course, there is a story behind that and mm. a long one at that, but I would do my best to just summarize it. So basically, Ire is at a junction in which she has received two marriage proposals from two Christian brothers, um, apparently not too far apart. Mm. Um, the first person is someone that she naturally likes, someone mm. that fits her expectations in mm. a sense of who to marry. Um, and they are, I think she's given him a positive response. But the other person is a church member, actually, that doesn't look like a kind of man <laughs> in that sense. But apparently, ever since she's been in the relationship with the person that she likes and that she believes actually God is also in it with her, mm. um, she has not exactly enjoyed a peace of mind in the sense of there is this nagging fear mm. about, have I made the right choice? Is it really a God thing? Or is it just one of those things that are good but not God? Um, on the other hand, ever since the other church member has proposed marriage to her as well mm. she has had this um, restlessness in her spirit and she keeps you know hearing the guy's name in her mind <laughs> hearing john everywhere she goes and whenever she is in church and john is mentioned her heart palpitates <laughs> and um I mean, she's even afraid to read the Gospel of John. It's very interesting. <laughs> that, that's the scenario, basically. And she's beginning to wonder, why all this restlessness? Why, why all this anxiety? Could it be that God is actually trying to draw her attention, as she sometimes seems to think, mm. to John as being the one? Or could it be that this old feeling that she's having that is making her second guess the relationship she's in has been a distraction from the devil? By the way, I should also add, and that's the last detail from our message, that when John came, the church member, to propose marriage to her, even without thinking twice, she just gave John an outright no on mm -hmm. the spot. 
especially because John just doesn't look like it. She she specifically said I don't like him. Yeah, she she made that pretty much clear in her message. So yeah, the long message summarized is basically that. So the question then is, how do I hear from God, or how can I be really sure um, of what God wants me to do or wants for me in such a condition or situation or scenario as this, when my mind is literally filled with fear and anxiety um, and she doesn't want to obviously make a wrong choice so that's the that's the gist what mm. does that say to you what's what's mm. going on in your mind as you're hearing the story i learned but i just, I just want to i just want to throw it back to you the question actually came to you isn't it yeah sure but why, when i heard the question the first thing i um, thought about is that Erin needs to go back to John to hear him out. Mm-hmm. And I say this because from the message she sent to Kola, she said she noticed that John's attention was on her and that she sensed that he was going to propose to her. So when he did say, can I see you? Mm-hmm. She was scared at the time mm-hmm. and avoided him for a while. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they, they met and the, the guy proposed and the wording of her message said she immediately said no. Mm-hmm. And I think... I don't know if they same with every woman out there, mm. but there are different facets to God said, this is your partner. Mm. Or when you feel led to know that this man is my husband or this is the person I'm going to marry. Mm. It's not just the relationship. It's not just the romance. There are things that God is hoping to address in, in both parties by them being together. Mm. So I think, obviously, I can only think, I think that even needs to go back to John, even if she doesn't like him and she doesn't think he would be a suitable partner, mm. to hear him out. Because I, I felt her response was too abrupt and it was born out of fear that if she says yes, so this is this, is, is this one that will be my husband. <laughs> and that's actually coming from pride for you to just judge someone by his appearance and say uh-uh, i don't think you're fit for me mm. and things and we both know we all know that god doesn't judge by appearance yeah. it, it searches the depth of mind to bring things into place so Ira, my, my first thing is she needs to go back to him and just hear him out not just not to say yes to say oh yes be my husband yeah. but in order to overcome this anxiety and restlessness and fear she needs to go back to john to hear him out what's yeah. your first point um, I, like you said, the question when it came to me, I started by actually first and foremost redirecting Iris' attention to few resources on Not Alone Today podcast for mm. starters, um, because I'm hearing a, a, a scenario that has to do with how can I be sure that um, I mean how can I hear God better mm. on the one hand, on the other hand, I'm hearing many other sub questions around the question of who should I marry and. Um, how can I be sure that this is the right person for me? Mm. And so there are four episodes that we've done before that I pointed our attention to. Mm. Um, season one, episode two, the title of that is How Do I Hear From God? Uh, and that episode is also about a similar question from a sincere sister that is really desiring to be able to say for certainty, God said or God told me, mm. that kind of stuff. And then the episode three of season one as well on our own story of our pre-wedding fears, even mm. our pre-courtship fears. That episode is titled Pre-Courtship, Courtship and Pre-Wedding Fears, mm. in which we discussed the natural um, palpitations of our hearts mm. <laughs> um, in those seasons. I mean, 
part of what she's describing might just be that the fact that you are going into a season of a supposedly for the rest of your life journey mm. um, and the natural fears that comes with that then in episode 11 of season one we discussed help i don't like who god wants me to marry mm-hmm. um, again that fits into part of our story not wanting brother john because brother john doesn't just doesn't look like it um, and lastly i pointed out to episode 28 of season one in which we dwelt on the audacity of marrying on a god set basis i've heard some people say things like um why would you even want to marry because god said in that sense you know um and that was something we touched on in that episode i wanted to i wanted her to feast on those resources again even if she had listened to them before and let them lead her into a a sense of personal retreat actually where she could then take the things that god is saying to her as a result of what she's listening to Mm. to channel a conversation to god but really how do you how do you silence the fear in your heart especially at a junction like this when your heart is being pulled in multiple directions Mm -hmm. um i think one of the first things to point out is the distinction between when god is leading you and when any any other thing but god is leading you Mm. your emotions your personal preferences your personal wishes that are more selfish than god would Mm. in that sense um i wrote a book titled is this opportunity from god Mm. i think that the very many answers given to that question are going to be very helpful to Mm. sister Ire. One of the answers to that question of is this opportunity from God is that uh, an opportunity that is from God comes with peace and not pressure. Mm. For you to be describing a scenario where you are in a relationship and you are second guessing the relationship, you are you have said no to a proposal and you are being restless about it, you want to really take a step back and actually then reanalyze things in light of you being truly and fully honest with yourself Mm -hmm. um is this opportunity from god an opportunity from god will bring peace and not pressure my wife has fallen in love with this scripture from isaiah that says the righteous shall not make haste Mm -hmm. the righteous shall not make haste why would you want to on the spur of the moment give a no Mm -hmm. to something you have not truthfully um prayerfully consider and honestly assessed and then you know make an informed decision by so bringing it all together there are of course many other details we don't know um, about this there are many other questions to ask Ire that can help to put these kind of things in context but um, from a podcast platform sense of things based on the little details that are available to us I think one thing i would recommend to Ira is is a personal retreat really um of course she might make this clear to the person she's in a relationship with to say i i just need the me time to actually pray and get my head clear in that sense and what are you going to do in that personal retreat you're just trying to be in an environment that you're uninterrupted and you want to sincerely pour your heart out to god i found in my own personal experience that when i'm in a junction like this and i'm desperate for divine direction Mm. if i am 
open enough, calm enough, patient enough, undistracted enough. What God is saying is not far removed mm. from us. He wants us to know His plans for us. We are we are sure that His thoughts towards us are thoughts of good. They are not of evil, mm. to give us um, an expected and a future and a hope. And we know, according to Psalm thirty-two verse eight, that He has promised to instruct us in the way that we should go and guide us with our eyes. Mm. I must say, of course, the next verse or the next couple of verses in Psalm 32 then goes on to say, so don't be stubborn. Mm. Otherwise, you are going to be like this mole <laughs> that is being forced. And that might be what is going on here. The palpitations of the heart, the restlessness at the sight of anything, John. Mm. All of those things might be God trying to drag you to where you could have willingly opted to go rather than being forced to go there and enjoy the bliss and the adventure. Mm. So yeah, um, it's it's not a conclusive response, so to speak, um, because we don't know what God will be saying to Ire based on all these other resources. But I think one thing we can do, Anu and I, is to point Ire to these different resources out there mm. and then also offer her an opportunity to actually press pause take a retreat go and ask god the questions on your heart with the assurance that he actually is more interested than you in getting these mm, answers that. across to you mm. because god is he wants us he wants to lead us isaiah 30 i think verse 31 speaks of him leading us he says and you will hear a voice behind you saying mm. this is the way walk therein so there are many countless promises like that in the scriptures for Ire and anyone listening mm. that is going through a similar thing or I mean it doesn't have to be in a relationship context we all face seeming confusions every now and then mm. but God wants to lead you so let him and yes. don't be stubborn and may the Lord help us I don't know if you have any concluding thoughts yes I just wanted to put the retreat part into perspective, perspective for Ire. So one of the episodes we mentioned is um, help. I don't like who God wants me to marry. So while when I met Kola, I and and I was led and I felt God want, and God told me He would be my husband. And Kola then proposed. I wasn't in the I wasn't in the state of mind to accept Him because I had family things going on that I thought I was. I wanted to resolve before getting in myself into a relationship and it was my first relationship at the time. I didn't think it was necessary, to mm-hmm. be honest. I thought I and God could just do life together without any man interrupting us mm-hmm. and things like that. So the retreat caller is talking about, it might look like, I'm not sure how busy you are, mm-hmm. it might look like spending a certain time in a day, say maybe after work if you're working, or say maybe six to seven p um, six p.m. to seven p.m. Mm-hmm. to just sit in silence mm-hmm. where there is no noise, no nobody calling you to come and make a mala <laughs> and or sweep the floor, or take care of your brother. Somewhere you can just be and just be quiet mm. and let God's voice pour in. And while you're in that state, make sure you keep as much as you can keep a lead on the fear creeping up mm-hmm. like tightly keep them back yeah and 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 
open up your mind to hear from God and be ready to listen, Ire. Be ready to. I know Ire is your student, uh, with the pseudonym we've given you, yeah. but you understand what I'm saying. Be ready to listen because he might say things you will be unhappy with, mm-hmm. but just listen. Do it for like three days, just one hour in a day. Sit and listen and journal everything he said to you down. Mm. Then at the end of the third day, come out of that retreat and review what he has said. Mm. Mm. And the thing with God is, most of the times when he gives us instructions, we we take them and run with them. Mm. But what you need to do again is take the instructions and go back to him how do i make it work so i'm with this person you said i should do this tell me how Mm. then again write everything he's saying to you down because you we we all know that you will hear a from god before you walk from your sitting room to the kitchen a would have changed to be because of the things running through your mind and the second guessing and things but if it's clearly written on paper there's no way you can second guess what's clearly written Mm. so put those things down and fight Mm. fight the fear fight the anxiety apart from with um it's been a relationship issue fear doesn't have a place in your life anxiety doesn't have a place in your life your your god's master's masterpiece Mm. you're set aside for his purpose for Mm. his glory so fight fight for your sanity because this is the beginning of a new thing. That's what marriage brings. It makes two people, making them become one. It's an exciting and a painful process. So from now, get control back. Hmm. Yes, and um, that's what I thought to say. Thank you. Um, I'll just read a couple of scriptures and then um, maybe we'll say a word of prayer okay. of, uh, for Ire. Mm. Um, 2 Timothy 1.7 just to reiterate what you've just said okay. it says for God read this, this is from the Passion Translation for mm. God will never emphasis on never mm. God will never give you the spirit of fear but the Holy Spirit who lives in you mm. gives the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power love and self-control I'll take that again God will never give you the spirit of fear but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. And the scripture that I mentioned earlier on in Psalm 32, verse 8 and verse 9, in the Passion Translation again, it says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, Ire, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. And then it goes on to say in verse 9, So don't make it difficult don't be stubborn when i take you where you've not been before Mm. or i like to hide when he shows you something or someone that doesn't look like it Mm. don't make it difficult don't be stubborn when i take you where you've not been before Mm. don't make me tug you and pull you Mm. along just come with me so those two scriptures i would hope that you would also sit down ponder them pray with them and like anna said fight for your sanity fight Mm. for your calmness fight for your clear mind for that's your heritage in christ Mm. and let's just say a word of prayer for ira and we prefer okay father we thank you for 
being a part of Ira's story. We thank you for the new thing you're doing. We pray that you will fortify her with your spirit and strengthen her with your conviction and make her see that you do not give the spirit of fear but of love, of power and of a sound mind. Your convictions are sound. Your convictions are powerful. Your convictions are loving. It's not the fear that the devil brings that brings depression and guilt. Help Ira to distinguish between the fear of the devil and the conviction of your spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. And make this journey smooth in the name of Jesus. And we pray for all the Iris out there. Most of us that are trying to decide between make certain decisions and we're not sure whether it's A or B to go to and we're confused. We pray for clarity in the name of Jesus. We fight back and take back and regain control of the situation in the name of Jesus. We put you first and you determine which way we turn in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, um, Ire, for sending in the question. Um, and yeah, feel free to send a sequel if there is anything God is saying or mm. any further questions you may ask based on how we've responded to your question. Mm. Um, and we appreciate you. Mm. And to all our listeners, thank you so much for for tuning in again mm. and for joining us on this ride. Twenty twenty is going. Twenty twenty two is going to be indeed a very adventurous and blissful year by God's grace. So we see you next week. But till then, remember you're not alone. Today. Today. God God bless bless you. you. Bye. to another episode of Not Alone Today podcast. I am Anu and with me today is Joseph, um, Joseph Kolawoli Ola. We're happy that you can you can join us. We've had um, to take a break from recording our podcast because we had a lot on our plate, but we're happy to be back, isn't it? Absolutely excited to be back. Very um, happy to be back. As we launch season four. Yes. So today we're going to deal with the questions we received from Helen and their questions on relationship and waiting so i would hand over to joseph to read out the questions for us okay um thank you um just by way of uh, reiteration so on this podcast what we basically do um it's a platform whereby young adults christian young adults um, within our sphere of influence reach out to us with questions and then we respond to them um it could be on anything literally uh, but of course we have discovered over time that different people are asking us similar questions and so we thought okay why not respond to those questions in this kind of a manner such that by responding to one person's question you're actually asking or responding rather to many people's question for there will be nuggets that other people can also apply to their context to that effect all the names that we mentioned on the podcast are pseudonyms and they are not real people's names um, but the questions are from real people <laughs> so today's question uh, is from who again helen helen okay nice name <laughs> All right, so I'll read Ellen's question, and it goes thus. 
So Ellen says in the book Hecos, by the way, Hecos is our latest book, um, which we jointly authored um, at the beginning of this year. In the book Hecos, Hanu declared a I am ready day about a month um, after I proposed. This is Ellen asking about Hanu's response to my proposal. Please, was there any hiatus of fear or a not too sure feeling when she gave her response? Or did she feel so confident following the leading of the Holy Spirit? So that's the first question. Um, do you want to direct mm. that to some resources on that? So, to answer the question very briefly, yeah, I had fears before I was convinced by the Holy Spirit that Kola was the one. But once the Holy Spirit told me to go ahead, I knew that I had to let the fear go. Mm. So I wasn't confident or less fearful. I just believed in what I've heard from the Holy Spirit. Mm. And that helped me to say, I am ready. <laughs> and um, you can listen more on this, when I, um, how I dealt with the process mm-hmm. from the episode we've released in the past. So the first one is season one, episode three. Mm-hmm. And it's on... Pre-courtship, courtship and pre-wedding fears. Then we did another one um, at season three, episode one. Then there was another one we did on um, in season one, episode seven, 27. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's um, titled Becoming the Right Person While Waiting for the Right Person. Mm-hmm. And the last one is season one, one episode 28. And it's, it's titled The Audacity of Marrying on a God Said Basis. So on this episode, we've really explained, I have explained how I went through the process. Mm -hmm. But if you listen to them and you still think, I have not clarified your exact question, we can come back and do like an um, addendum to this episode. And then, yeah. Thank you. Um, Season three, episode one is on being sure of who to marry. I think that's the only one you didn't mention, the title. Um, okay, so the other question now goes thus, and I love this question. It says, what can you say about a single person who is waiting and working, but she's not so sure that it's time for her to enter a marital relationship yet? She's willing to work according to divine timing. She's working on discovering herself. She's getting the skills, working on her character flaws, maximizing her God-given potentials, and working on getting trainings on the heart of authentic ministry. But proposals are coming from Christian brothers. What should she do? Now, she gives a caveat or maybe an an appendix to that. She said, some other people see this waiting, this kind of waiting when you're doing all these things, getting yourself ready and proposals are coming, but you feel you're not ready. Some people see this kind of waiting as being seemingly foolish, Mm. while some others see it as a fear of being committed or a fear of being vulnerable in a marital relationship. And in fact, some other people see it simply as pride. And so our question is, are these... Um, perspectives correct and what if such a person feels so strong about our own inner convictions about I still need to work more prepare myself more learn more and things like that so that's basically the nutshell of Helen's question what are your first thoughts Mm. my first thought to Helen would be that what does how does she see it so she's told us how people see it Is God laying it on her heart that it could be pride, that it could be foolish, or it could be 
what is God saying to her? She hasn't said that to us. Mm-hmm. She's told us what people are assuming. Mm-hmm. But if we then know the purpose of her waiting, then it would it would fit it would fit into our response. From the question, it seems like the purpose as far as she is concerned, of course, this doesn't have any God said ring to it. Mm-hmm. But our own purpose of waiting is because she feels it's not yet time because she needs to work on discovering herself she wants to get skills she wants to work on character flaws she wants to maximize her god-given potentials she wants to get trainings on the heart of authentic ministry i I mean i don't don't even know what that means but yes so these are all the things that that she's got on her plate that is keeping her thinking she's not ready i think thank you for that yeah these are noble causes. What she's doing yep. is, and it, it 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 brings my mind to the Bible verse that says that we are a city set on a hill mm-hmm. that cannot be hidden. So once she's if she's in in in, in truth mm-hmm. developing these traits and trainings and things, mm-hmm. then it will attract people. That's why the Christian brothers have been attracted to her. Mm-hmm. But then we need to know what God is saying to her in that mix. So you're developing yourself. Then mm-hmm. what? Towards towards what? Because towards marriage. No, she hasn't said that. You know. No, she. No. Kind of said it. Mm-mm. She she said she's waiting and working because she's not sure it's a time for her to enter into a relationship yet. Yeah. So she's working. This is personal. She wants to work on herself mm-hmm. before join, joining herself with another man. Mm-hmm. So I don't think she's working towards this for the marriage, but on herself. Then the marriage comes afterwards. It might be. I mean, could I, I wouldn't. It could be, but to me, it just looks like all of these are supposed to be the preparatory phase. In which case, the main question to me would then be: I think what she's asking is, when do I know that I am now ready? When do I know I've done enough? When do I know what are the signs that I would see that would make me believe? Okay. I think now you have all the skills or you have all the trainings. Absolutely, because that's exactly the point. That, I mean, that's that's how I see it, to say that I don't think that anybody that is married ever feels 100% I've done all of these things and I've had my certificate before going on to say mm. yes to a brother. It just doesn't work that seems way. very backwards. Not necessarily. I don't think she will see it like that. No. If if I go with the premise of the yeah. fact that she says she's doing all this for the marriage, mm-hmm. then it's a bit backwards because what marriage does is it scatters all the things you think you've prepared and then <laughs> it's as though you are, it's as though it's an afterlife. So you've lived a life mm-hmm. and you're coming to another life. Most of the things you must have done and prepared might mm-hmm. not be really applicable to the new life you're going into. That's why I said it's backwards because most of these things she's mentioning mm-hmm. are the things that are learned in the marriage. Because, okay, for example, mm-hmm. she said she wants to get trained on the art of authentic ministry. Mm-hmm. I am, it's a big word, but I'm assuming that means that she wants to know what she's called for. Mm-hmm. Be sure of her own ministry before joining herself to a man. Mm-hmm. If so, I would say that until you meet the man, you don't know what your ministry is. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. For married couples, yeah, our callings are kind of entwined. Mm-hmm. 
if God is saying we are called, women are called to be helpmates for the man. Mm-hmm. That means there's a primary calling and a secondary calling. Mm. It might sound subjective to feminists, but that is how I understand it to be. Mm. We are firstly called to help meet them. Mm. But in that helping to meet their own calling, we find ours. Mm. But if she's saying she wants to find hers first Mm -hmm. and get trained on that, wouldn't it be difficult then to now submit to the calling of helping a man to meet his own calling? That's why I find it to be backwards. Because world trainings and art, maturity (laughs) and things, what it does for us is it brings us to a place of um, assurance. We are sure of who we are. We are confident. Mm. So... Say for example, a lady who's who's done all these trainings and that now meets a man who's back who's laid back, mm. not really fussed about life, it's just like a flowy guy, does his own things as he does it. Mm. And this one is all geared up and like, oh let's do this, let's do this. There'll be a struggle. It will mm-hmm. be like, you know how the Bible says that we should not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Yeah. It will be as though they are pulling themselves on, into different positions. Mm. But this is not, I'm not trying to say that you should not build yourself or train yourself sure. and stuff. But I'm saying that you should train yourself and do all these things under the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So that when you do indeed meet the man you're ready for, it won't be a struggle. Sure. You won't be pulling yourself <laughs> apart and be quarreling over little things. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. what I think. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I absolutely agree with all that you've said. Mm. Um, I think that of course again this is not unique to helen um there's there's always that nagging question for many young adults that are single not yet in a relationship um about how do i know i'm ready to get into one now what what are the check marks if there are what are the five steps or five things i need to acquire and once i acquire this then i'm ready and then i can go ahead to say yes indeed yes there are aspects that you should work on there are um, I mean, in, as, as a child of God that is already undergoing sanctification and discipleship and all of that, the hope is that ultimately you are making intentional efforts to become more like Christ. Mm-hmm. When we're saying you should become the right person for the right person that you are waiting for before the right person comes, this the general picture is you want to become more like Christ. Mm-hmm. Because if you're more like Christ, there is something about the imagery of Christ as the incarnate Christ now that speaks both to the man and to the woman in in a marriage context. Mm. In fact, the fact that the Bible uses um, the picture of marriage to describe the relationship of Christ to the church, that is very instructive in many ways, especially to the man, to love as Christ loved the church, but also to the woman in the area of submission because, again, Christ is God, uh, the Trinity, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. They are one. Um, but in spite of that, Paul will say in Philippians 2 that he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He did not think of that as something to grasp, but he subjected himself, mm. humbled himself as humble can be to the point of dying like a criminal on the cross when in fact is as innocent as can be. And so the point is, there is something about the incarnate Christ that speaks both to the man and to the woman. And if you are indeed trying to become more like him, that's all the preparation you need. And the end result, the finish point of that preparation will never happen 
until we see him face to face. So the, 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 the point then would be, I'm imagining someone that is now in his 30s, in her 30s, in her 30s and no guy is coming. Mm. And then looking back at all these preparations that mm. she had done in the days when Christian brothers are coming. Mm. And she felt, I'm not ready. I still need to learn the heart of ministry. I still need to... Authentic ministry. Authentic ministry. I still need to work on my character flaws. I still need to maximize my God-given potentials, which all sound like noble causes. Mm. But you just... You could simply be missing out on on, on a huge um, season, as it were, just working on a wrong timetable. So, for, to, to me, I think the main point is every proposal should be handled on its own merits. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be a question of what I think my timing is. Bible says our times are in his hands. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are books you could read on when am I ready. And they will tell you things that they think you should have before you're ready. But I don't think that those things are necessarily one size fits all. Mm. So if you are taking every proposal on its own merit as a child of God that believes God calls the shots in my life, of mm. course, it's possible that I might have given you clear-cut instructions for the next one year. Mm. If anybody comes your way, just know I'm not the one sending him. That's a possible a possibility. Mm. And then you take that, you know, you are working with that because you heard that for yourself from God and mm. not just because you are following a formula that might not work for you that was spelled out in some book or some podcast. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, take each proposal on its own merit. A brother comes, ask yourself, what is God saying about this? What mm. do I feel about this? If, if it is not a time, of course, God won't push you into something you're not, as it were, mm. ready for or something he doesn't believe you don't have what it takes to undo. We know that from the scripture. God is not trying to set you up to fail. Mm. Uh, he's a father, he's a lover, he's your Lord. And so to bring all of that together in one personality is to know that he's after your good, not mm. your downfall. And so, yeah, take every proposal on its own merit. Anyone coming and asking for your hand in marriage, take it back to your father. Get what your father is saying about it. And don't get tired of doing that. Like Anu said, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. If you are indeed making all of these investments in your life, perhaps indeed you would attract many more. Uh, but don't generalize. Don't go into hasty generalization. Mm. Take your time, process each one, and see what your father is saying about it. And once he says, this is the one, then let it be. Will you feel fearful and have some, yeah, some questions, maybe even some doubts? Yes, but there are also tests and checks. And we've spoken about this in some previous episodes, like the ones that we have earlier referenced. So, yeah, uh, that's 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 how I say this. Mm. Any further thoughts or concluding thoughts? Yes, when we were talking, I just wanted to check mm. when she said that what if the person feels so strongly about this in her perception? So, we might not want to discard the trainings and what she's working on because uh-huh. when it's what if, if she feels she needs to do them she needs to do it uh-huh. but I like however you said in spite of what she's trying to do she should take each proposal in its merit and uh-huh. that is the best thing to do uh-huh. so that way you can continue your work you can continue your trainings but then you're open to hear what he's saying because I do agree with Kola, Albert. Sometimes we miss opportunities mm. because of certain decisions that we want to make. 
we've seen um we've heard stories of people who would say that in their um, early 20s or mid 20s they had lots of proposal coming their way mm. but by the in their 30s going to 40s no one is coming and then they regret certain and things like that i'm like i'm just trying to reach me what color said about that take everything be willing to take everything in it might be it might derail your purpose or the things you're striving to achieve it might be distracting because i know when christian brothers propose oh my gosh it's really distracting they would they will come they might even speak in tongues to tell you the proposal or tell you how they dreamt i hope you're not describing (laughs) for the record i did not speak in tongues when i proposed to Or they tell you how they dream, or they put sometimes they even put the fear of God in you because of their proposal. Oh my god. There's a time I had one and the man kept saying, Ah, God has told me this is the way I like my beans being cooked. And I'm thinking, sir, God has not told me what he's telling you. And he kept bothering, not bothering me, he kept pestering as though, Can't you hear God? And, and it's like a he's elderly person. Elderly person. And so you've seen preach on the people. I was almost scared. But I knew the conviction I had in me. Like, nah, it's no you. I respect you. I like the way you preach, but mm-mm. You won't force me. Thank you for thank you for NYC. I actually had the opportunity to run from the church. To escape. And then think objectively. It's a kind of man that when it was proposed, when I was sitting in front of me and he was talking, my knees were shaking. <laughs> And I was saying to my father, hey, my mom would like this way, pastor preaching, a pastor proposing to me. Hey, but with all the fear and my quaking legs and my shaking voice, I said, eh, sir, eh, okay, sir, I'll go and pray about it. <laughs> and I was a curious look on his face, like, wait, ah, what are you praying about? Go and do the and come back. The man of God has spoken. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just I understand Helen Harvard, they can be very distracting. And if oh, you, you mentioned in plural, brothers are coming. Mm, so that mm. is like the pastors in multiples. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, may God help you to um objectively deal with them. Mm-hmm. Discard the ones that are not mm, that are playful and those not just there. And mm. then wisely and um, prayerfully choose the one that you should consider. Mm. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, my concluding thoughts would be that, um, again, my, my, my attention is drawn to that last part of our talking about getting trainings on the heart of authentic ministry. Mm. I'm sensing that Helen is perceiving a call on her life, in mm. a sense. And again, this is not impossible to discover and know before you get into a relationship okay. uh, context. Of course, that's not, I mean, some people have a sense of this even as far back as maybe preteen or in their mm. early teenage years True. that God wants to use them in specific ways and in which case I would I would um, highly recommend that she should um, find someone that is a female figure in ministry mm. that is doing that well mm. that is that has a good home a good marriage a good reputation in ministry mm. that can begin to like take her under her wings and mentor her in that regards the reason why i say that is because it's very easy for the devil to wait for one in this area as a mm. lady if you feel like you're called into ministry to make you you know put you in this drive of i need to get this i need to get that da, 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 da. and then you get all the things and you find yourself in a relationship with a man that doesn't necessarily share all those passions mm. um, and then of course the struggle begins but having a proper balance and this is not something we can discuss in a few minutes of a podcast episode but having that proper balance especially the foundation i know was laying the other time about how all of this will play out 
how God will help you to fulfill your calling in a context that is healthy maritally mm-hmm. um, and at the same time still being able to make the impact you're supposed to make as a help meet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's, there are just so many dynamics and layers to that that we can begin to peel. If that's the case, don't do that journey on your own. Don't get trained on your own. Mm. Try to have um, at least one or two models that are really godly examples. Not people that you just see on Instagram or Facebook, mm. social media, that you don't exactly know what's going on in their lives, mm-hmm. in their marriages, and Maybe in their homes. Yeah, and, and just, you know, that can guide you and help you to find the balance that you need. And also be instructive, especially in the critical choice mm. of of a mar- of a life partner. If you've ever read God's Generals, you'd know that. I mean, Robert Leadon make it the point of duty not just to talk about the male generals. There are some female generals there. And again, I think one major area that was recurrent in many of these generals' um, stories is about their marital choices. How mm. some of them got that wrong. Um, so yeah. Just, just know that that's an area to to be very cautious and careful about, and to have all the guidance that you can get. But in any case, take every proposal on its own merit. Let God call the shots. Um, he lets you know when it's time. Um, maybe a story for another day would be the conflict in what I thought God. You know, when I go into a relationship with you. It actually fell within a period that I believe I know when I got into a relationship with you. I know I got married to you. Because you're talking to Helen. I said you just okay, so no Helen, I'm not interested in having a relationship <laughs> with you for the records. Because I'm married. Uh, but when I got into a relationship with my wife, um, back then in 2012, it fell within a time frame that in my own mind and understanding, I thought, I genuinely thought I heard God some few months before say, for the next two years or maybe three years, I can't remember. I don't want you to think about a relationship. And that's, that's, that's conflicting. So on the one hand, I thought I'm working on this timetable where this time i'm this is the last thing on my mind and then of course that last thing on my mind became the first thing on my mind and i had to reconcile that again how do you do that go back to god and let him clarify things and he did and so that was that was part of my own initial fears uh, am i not working out of outside of god's plans and timing but eventually all of that aligned together and here we are enjoying life mm. Any any concluding thoughts or prayers for Helen? Let's pray for Helen. Okay. God, we thank you for the Helens out there. We mm. pray for we pray for your wisdom for them. Mm. We pray that they will not use their waiting time to lose their opportunities or the things you're bringing their way. We pray that their training and wanting to work on themselves will not be an avenue to lose out on the opportunities you'll be bringing their way. We pray for your strength, for them to be able to combine, to balance waiting and developing as against considering proposals that comes their Most way in Jesus. Jesus' name. And for the men in this area also, we pray that wherever, wherever you drawing their attention to and bringing their attention to. They won't mistake it for something else in Jesus' name. That they'll be willing to lower their self-ambition and then make you make your word and your leading much more upgraded in their hearts in Jesus' name. And 
help us as well help us well in the relationship help us to grow stronger together in jesus name amen. for in jesus name we pray amen oh. <clears throat> amen all right so helen god bless you thanks for writing in with your question do well to check out those previous episodes i believe that you'll find them helpful mm. in the light of the questions that you've asked till when next we come your way again just remember you're not alone today god bless you bye